This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Why always vinegar when responding to China? I do not have everything figured out. One of my vexing puzzlements has been over U.S. foreign policy relative to China. I would think that the Chinese are confused as to our policy as well. I understand the differences, think that China thumbs its nose at a rules-based trading system, and support supporting Taiwan but question the wisdom and necessity of stoking belligerence by being belligerent. No doubt China operates a distinctly different economic and social system than do we. They are a centrally controlled totalitarian regime that tolerates no protest against the Communist Party. At the same time, their central government goes to great pains to placate the needs of the Chinese people so as not to provoke political resistance against their central rule. In order to accomplish that, the Chinese central bank has adopted fiat creation on steroids. They extend their tentacles deeply into their private sector, managing the economy through manipulation that doesn't conform to free market rules. In that sense, theirs is a political rather than market economy, as their market is centrally controlled. Beijing uses the levers of a capitalistic system to generate wealth to at least a portion of the Chinese people so that they could maintain public acceptance of their political control. Beijing sees only political threats rather than economic problems and addresses them accordingly. Step out of line and the bureaucracy and state police will ruthlessly punish offenders and challengers. Technocrats who answer to the party hierarchy run the state system. They have not been corralled by the checks and balances of democracy and see that as a distinct advantage. They have operated outside the lines of economic norms so that nothing is too extreme if it will affect the result they desire. The Chinese private sector is allowed by its government to operate using methods and conduct that are illegal in other industrialized countries. Their state enterprises have been encouraged to do so. Cyber theft is an accepted means of research and development in China. They are adept at reversing engineering. They are adept at adapting stolen technology. What is considered corruption in other countries is an accepted means of conducting business in China. The state, not the market, picks winners and losers so that you cannot win in China unless the state permits it. Western companies rush to China like it was a newly discovered gold field to strike their claims. The state decides the rights to property and it comes first. Like other historic gold rushes, they at least begin as lawless, everyone for himself, unregulated boom towns. History also shows that such booms eventually bust. China did not abide by WTO rules agreed to and has subsequently not fulfilled its obligation to a Phase 1 trade agreement, boosting Chinese purchases of U.S. goods. It is very difficult to deal with someone that doesn't do what they say. China has a very poor track record in that regard. China has few friends of their political system, regionally or otherwise, and has then sought to buy their alliances with fiat funding of their Build and Road Infrastructure Initiative. Yet they're a long way from self-reliance and energy needs and in protecting the trade routes they depend upon. The Chinese economy is extremely inflated and most vulnerable. One could argue that it is far more vulnerable than Russia's. If the sanctions imposed on Russia were imposed on China, they would have a devastating effect. The revelation that has happened for China is the recognition that the U.S. controls the global dollarized system of transfer and that the U.S. is now willing to use that leverage as a weapon of its foreign policy. 
Russia had the money to make payments on its foreign debt that defaulted because there was no means to transfer it. The U.S. shut them out of the currency transfer system. At least Russia is self-sufficient in food and oil, and its smaller population is much easier to control by state police. These facts are not lost on China. The poor outcome for Putin in the Ukraine war rallied the West in such a dramatic fashion that it is shocked at Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party hierarchy. They thought that democracy divided people to make Western nations weak, but learned that was not true. Putin miscalculated. The Russian attempt at resurgence as a world power is in a trajectory of collapse, and China knows not to jump on a sinking ship. If the same sanctions imposed on Russia were imposed on China, they would wreak havoc on the Chinese economy. It would be the pin popping their bubble. The idea of benefiting the Chinese people through economic growth, thus keeping them compliant to their regime, would instantly combust. China needs access to the global dollarized payment system more than Russia does, and we have shown how that they can be shut off overnight. The U.S. Navy controls the seas, and the U.S. Treasury controls the global transaction system. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.